bam, we're live. The guy who won the Nobel Prize uh, for physics mm-hmm. in in 2000, is it 22 or 23? He came out and said, hey, global warming is a complete scam. There's absolutely zero evidence. And he's already get, they're already trying to cancel him. Three Nobel, three Nobel Prize laureates have now come out and said, hey, dude, there, there's no science there. It is complete fucking uh, media science. It's pseudoscience. Like, strip that man of his. The oh, fucking God. Nobel Prize winner of 2000. It's so funny. It's, 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 it's kind of unreal mm. that we're going to do this again with uh, climate change like we did the... Um, <laughs> what you want what what can we call this thing the so-called pandemic is that is that what we call that sounds about right think about it's perfect thing to tax like how do you solve it it takes a really long time takes a lot of money let's just push it scare everybody and collect all the money we can uh easy to herd the people with whatever agenda you want yeah for sure if you don't you die it's another one of those if you don't you die (laughs) yeah Yeah, you got to be skeptical of the fear-based uh, motives, huh? When they really start pushing the fear. Uh, Mr. Spin, good morning. Guys, uh, I don't know what we are doing for Games Week on my podcast, but I, um, I, I suspect I'm getting up every morning at 5 a.m. and going till 10 p.m. And I went over to Brian Spin's uh, YouTube page, The Barbell Spin, and he's just stacking it with um, shows. Oh shit! Look at that. And so, if I'm ever available, I'll beg him to come on there. But I would definitely hit all those notify me's. Notify me, notify. Me. I mean, look at that dude. Oh wow! Right, he's loading up. Yeah. He even got some thumbnails. He means business. <laughs> Get so, on him. Well, we're out getting Instagram pics with Danielle Brandon and. <laughs> Begging from auto, for autographs from Rich Froning, uh, Spin will be doing uh, the Lord's work. Getting your baseball card signed. Yeah. I take it that means he's not coming then. That's kind of a bummer. I was looking forward to seeing him. Cave Dastro, Spin is going to 5X his subs next week. I hope so. 10X, 20X. Yeah, should. There, there's an article um, here I'm looking. It's uh, written by... Damasi, she spoke at the um, mm. Marianne Damasi. Did we have her on the show? No, no, we have not we, had her. On we the did show. not have her on the show. No. Hola, hola. Hey, good morning. Good morning. We were it? just looking at um, uh, the Broken Science Initiative uh, website. Yeah, what's over there? Uh, our medical journals dead. You know, it's funny. It's one of those things that. Uh, Emily or Jim sent to me and I said, yeah, throw it up. And I, I haven't opened it yet, but. Uh, it's all stuff I've heard you say before. It's great. Damascus yeah, yeah, killed yeah. it. Yeah. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not new news. It's hey, a the point that most research findings are false. And this is John Iannotti's on the subject of medical research. Well, uh, what am I supposed to have a party for the places where this most of it's bullshit it's published? Say that again. What was the first sentence you said? We've known for a long while that most research findings were false in the medical space. Right. We had a guy say two years ago, Richard Smith reported it, 
that we're at a point where until you can prove otherwise, it's time to assume that the research you're reading is fraudulent. Right. Mm. And by the way, what would that you could show by other means that you knew otherwise? It could be proven otherwise. I'll tell you what it is. If it comports with the empirical realities of a clinical practice. And that's what we all do. We read these fucking studies. And if you, oh yeah, I've seen that happen. You kind of, you suspect there's something to it. If you're like, wow, that flies in the face of everything I've seen in my practice. You have an obligation as a clinician, as an empiricist, as a scientist to dismiss the underlying theory. No predictive strength, no science. And so I'm, so what's wrong with these journals um, Richard Smith, 25 years editor-in-chief and CEO of the British Medical Journal, the longest-running medical journal in the world, I believe. Um, he wrote The Problem with Medical Journals. The book, it would, he said he's, he's got, I think it's 20 chapters, 30 chapters, and he said he could have made 50 or 100 chapters, each a different facet of what's wrong in medical journals. Right? Each of these is 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 little slivers of what's wrong when we when you commit to the epistemic debasement of science switching predictive strength as the determinant of a, of a model's validity when it's replaced with consensus and that's what peer review is and so the problem with medical journals is the problem with peer review is the problem with consensus science is the problem with voting rather than predicting mm-hmm and it'll all, it'll all mean. <laughs> Did he get masks? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He masks and lockdowns and Fauci in a in a U.S. funded vaccine made by our enemies. Who are going to do what? Probably weaponize it against us. <laughs> Anyone think you're doing doing medical research over there that isn't being that isn't being where the, where the chief hope is for weaponization you're nuts uh in the wiki page it says the bmj is a weekly peer-reviewed medical trade journal and in that article on the Bro- broken science page damasi quotes someone as a study that they did on peer-reviewed um uh medical uh journals medical articles and studies medical studies and there's no proof that peer-reviewed validates it more than not being peer-reviewed <laughs> yeah. and yet that's the first thing in wiki this thing was started in 1840 be the BMJ. It's it's uh, all medical journals are suffering. They all suffer from many of the same defects and deficits. Richard Smith spelled that out nicely. So has Marcia Angle, uh, who was a New England Journal of Medicine uh, editor in chief for a similar period of time, close to twenty years. And so is Richard Horton. Um, I believe he was editor in chief at Lancet. They've all had the same damnation for peer review god richard smith that's huge that's crazy he's brilliant he in in, uh, he basically said believing in peer review is like believing in the loch ness monster having faith in peer review is like having faith that the loch ness monster exists (laughs) and that was written in 2006 too right the one he wrote that quote yeah from that one that you brought up there i think it was if it was the same article you shared with us on screen yeah which you could tell it's only gotten worse since then. News the astrologers, the astrologers, the astronomers distance themselves from the astrologers. 
with the capacity to predict eclipses. That's when everyone's like, oh, wait a minute, this guy's different. This is different. It's like they're all reading stars, but look what he can do. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 the essence of science, and it's where all the trust comes from. In fact, predictability is the cornerstone for all trust in every way, shape, or form. We don't there is no trust that doesn't whether it's a, an said this before, whether it's of your spouse or science. Mm-hmm. Rational predictability that that earns the trust. Uh, speaking of trust, Ayanati says that people are trusting medical journals uh, or losing their trust in medical journals. I don't think that's true. I wish that were true. I think people are too scared to lose their trust in them. Sevi, so you have you have people on almost daily that have figured it out. So, you know, hey, even I, me, even me, if I get if something happens to me and I get sick, the first place I want to go is the hot. Like and I, and I'm exaggerating a little bit, but like if something like happens to me, if I see like like I saw a growth on my leg the other day, took a picture of it and sent it to the guy at Kaiser. He's like, it's a mole. <laughs> well, shit, that thing sprouted up like in fucking a month. I don't know. And, and like you feel better because he says it's just a mole, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> the same guy who told me to use canola oil. As your friend, I don't. I, I know. I hear you. I'm just telling you there's yeah. ding-dongs like that. I'm your friend and there's ding-dongs like me. This is the same guy who told me to use canola oil if I want to live a long time. Right. I'll show, you know, six months from now, we'll be going, yeah, he showed his doctor, sent a fucking picture, and the guy says it's just a mole. And said he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe it? Hey, I will say this though. In, in the defense, my mom. When I told my mom that I did that at Kaiser, she's like, "You should get a second opinion." Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, new- there's an issue here. There's an issue yeah. here, and yeah. I, I don't remember where it comes from. And I think it was. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to give. I don't want to. I don't want to pin anything on someone that they don't want to have said. Um, but. We don't get better outcomes on second and third opinions. We don't. No, sadly, you know, I mean, not you know, and like I would get a second opinion as well. But what happens is that people settle where they, oh yeah, this this guy's good. Oh, what you want to hear? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you like he goes, hey, dude, you're dying. And the next guy goes, hey, that's bullshit. You go, oh, man, this guy's a good doctor. <laughs> And it does, it does it doesn't correlate to you not dying. <laughs> we, we had a we had a games athlete on here the other day. Do, doctor he had kidney failure. Doctor diagnosed him with autoimmune disease. Uh, he stopped doing changed his whole life. Two years later, he's at the doctor. Doctors a different doctor. Doctor's like you don't have an autoimmune disease. What are you talking about? Not at all. Maybe I'm like oh shit because. Maybe. But 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 as a as a layman, you think that a doctor takes a blood sample, looks through a microscope, and he sees a bunch of cells running around, and they're holding flags that say I'm an autoimmune disease, and it's not even like that. It's it, there's no, it's like a fucking guessing game. Okay, here's an odd aside. You right, said, tell me. Little flags, you yeah. Know the little flags that landscapers put in for putting down irrigation. Yeah, is that so you don't dig there? I don't know, but they just did. The guy next door is doing putting in some irrigation he had little flags out all over the yard where the pipe where it's going to go in yeah and the, the fledgling bald eagle is does more walking than flying 
uh-huh. went through the yard and pulled them all out. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's really cool. That's something I would do when I was a kid. Yeah, right. so you were a bald, and you were a bald eagle, Caleb. You're a bald yeah. eagle for sure. <laughs> Makes sense. Hey, did someone see that? Uh, the neighbor told us that they've got to do something else because the, the thing won't leave them in the ground. Just walks over with his and goes like that, yeah. or with his beak. Pulls him out, walks yeah. over the next one, pulls him out. He does a lot of walking. This thing walks like miles a day, and then does some flying. <laughs> hey, did you end up getting the um, the fence for your dog, the electric fence? No, it's you know everyone's all excited about it except for the people that have lived with it. Oh, you mean you've talked to people who put the the shot collars, the what's it called, the invisible fence? They've got one that just it, it it like soothes the dog or something, reminds him of the transgression. Gives him a handy if he runs outside. <laughs> yeah. In another word, shocks him. Yeah, I like that one. And the best I hear is that the only one that works is the shock one. Yeah, no duh. And I'm not really that into it, but the other thing is that there are dogs that'll just nut up, take a deep breath, and run through the shock and yell, <laughs> and then not come back. Like, fuck. Oh, like, like I know what happens if I pass through it again. Right, right. So it's worth it to chase a deer, but not to come home for the fucking shitty kibble you're getting at Safeway. And get shocked again to come home. Yeah. Take your shocking. Uh Newt, hey, what's up, girl? Uh behind the scenes fun. So proud of you, Sevian team. Keep smashing it. Thank you. We'll see. We'll uh, see who's who's proud of me. Uh Trish. Uh Greg, we all know the virus is due to a, a chi- Chinaman biting a pangolin <laughs> on the. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Caleb, you are a good dude. I, don't I say wasn't that. gonna read I it. I don't say that word on this show. Thank you, guys. What's a My pangolin? Too far away for it to matter. What's a pangolin? I'm oh, up. Greg froze. Oh man. Sorry, Greg. Well, it's fun having you. You're a good dude. <laughs> Oh, wow, that's an incre- That's a real creature we live on planet Earth with. That's insane. Yeah, of course Trish would know that one. Pangolin. Hey, is that related to that thing they have in Texas, the armadillo? I don't know. Looks like it. It eats twenty thousand ants. That thing's an anteater. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. It would. Wait, why are they so valuable? Why are they valuable? Why did it put a price tag on it? No, it's just the next click drop down tab on Google. Oh. Uh let me see this thing. That thing's a mammal. Wow, look at that body armor that someone built out of that thing. It's a luxury food in some places. I wouldn't mess with that thing if I saw that thing. Hell no. I think it's a leftover dinosaur. If you so believe long, in that. If you sort die, of thing. can I have the CEO sign, of course. <laughs> I'll make sure to get it to you, Austin. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, Tank. He was on blood thinners for two years. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, that was crazy. Oh, Greg's back in. He was on um, uh, blood pressure medicine. Oh, boy. Who that guy that they told had the autoimmune disease, they put him on, on blood pressure medicine, and he was on it for two years. I'm like, you were on unnecessary medicine for two years? He's like, uh-huh. I'm like, you know, but let, let me, I don't want to tell someone that your blood pressure medicine is unnecessary. Right. Um, the, the need for it is very likely unnecessary. 
but I want to remove the need for it before I just okay. get carpet out from under you. And so don't everyone go throw away your blood pressure medication unless your commitment is, and it still might not be a smart thing to do. It doesn't change much, but what you don't want to do is, is, is uh, live with your hypertension. That's what you don't want to do. And if you refuse to address the causes of it, sedentarism, uh, excessive consumption of refined carbohydrate in all likelihood, in all likeliness, not going to do something about that, then the pills are probably to go along with side effects. You broke up. Say that again. The pills, what? The pills may be the way to go if you're not going to do something about the underlying cause. Right, right. And again, I broke up. No, you didn't. Um, you have a house full of people again? I, I, I like that theory you gave last week that you have like 20 people at your house and everyone's on the net. I guess it came in last night and they're probably all screaming porn right now. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> it is about porn time. <laughs> Are they boys? Are they men or women? We got both. Oh, There's kids, girls adults. Yeah. Uh, someone said, Sevon, if you die, can I have your CEO sign?" Of course, Jake. Chat. Look at Greg's starting a, a rush on all my. I, Sevon, can I have the chocolate dick? Sure. Cheers. Bye. Die. Great. As long as you can explain to, as long as you can explain to me that uh, gravity is a uh, understanding of a phenomenon. And not the mm -hmm. phenomenon itself, as long as you're enlightened enough to know the distinction. Matt Burns, I love when Greg is on. Thank you, Coach. Um, Sarah Cox. Dude, Sarah, have you seen these things? I've been Oh, look at you. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's not even my arm. This is my hurt arm. What'd you, what'd you say, Greg? Is that peptides? I'm I'm, it's not the peptides that's making them big, but it's the peptides that's letting me work out hard again. It's my work. It's my work. Mm -hmm. uh, Sarah Cox, Kaiser's doctors are trained to diagnose patients in seven minutes. Is that true? Is there like a... It's like 20-minute appointments, probably. You get 10 minutes with the technician, and then seven minutes left, you probably get seen by the provider themselves. Hey, seven minutes. Just imagine them not going patients each doctor seeing per specialty that's inconceivable i mean this things it's fucking gif medicine right yeah yeah it is 20 patients a day 20 minute appointments you should see what it's like i, I every time i say something nice about cordelaine my my lungs get upset but uh like we made a uh uh Emergency room visit recently. We're the only ones there. And Maggie walked right in. The doctor said, I'm about, you know, one, one, next. <laughs> Super cool. Oh, it, your it connection is Jack, dude. Your connection is uh, Jack. You want me to call Maggie and be like, hey, tell everyone to turn off the TVs, the 13, 70 inch TVs you have in that house? DS, here we go again. Sevi on Google during podcast. Here we go again, guys. DS watching us Google. <laughs> Douche. <laughs> uh, this, yes, that's right. This is a good one. Matt Burns, does Sevi, does Greg know you're coming for a month? 
Uh, he knows I'm coming. I don't think I told him how long I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> I was bragging to people I was come to see you for a month. A month. Well, we've, we've hobbled the net so you don't stay long. You've hobbled. Oh, the net? Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I'm going to leave. I won't stay here for much of this. Where's Greg? Uh, he, he, he split. <laughs> he took off. When's he coming back? Uh, after you leave this house. <laughs> In a month. <laughs> Uh, Greg, any idea? Oh, good. All this question is always here. Bruce Wayne. Great question. I want to know this too. I want to do one in Larkin Valley so bad. I want to do a small one in Larkin Valley so bad. Um, Greg, any idea when the next BSI conference will be broken science initiative? No, not, not really, but you know, (laughs) there's a, there's a lot going on right now. Um, intellectually. And in these periods of uh, learning a whole lot and meeting a whole lot of new people and and uh, furthering this network of people that can articulate how it is that that uh, academic science lost its way, um, it's a period of a lot of excitement. So there's less presenting, I think, during these periods of rapid absorption. And I'm certainly a bunch of us are in that phase right now. Um, do you think that these people who are running on these platforms, like um, uh, Trump's doing it, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy's doing it, where they're talking about a complete gutting and reforming of the uh, institution that's our educational institution, do you think that's possible? Going to the public school. You're gone. Attendance is down. Oh, oh, yeah. Greg, you turned into a, you, you've turned into a robot in like an Atari game. Oh, great. I'm so sorry. I want to give you a solution. I don't want to be those people that's just sharing problems with you, but I don't know what the solution is. Um, you know what you have, uh, uh, you know what you have to say, expect the text Thursday morning. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, I'm on it. A day that was where's, hilarious. where's all the wheelchairs? <laughs> Where are the wheelchair athletes? Jedediah, you were awesome last night. Thank you. That was dope. Great Kyle addition. Landis, uh, Greg, my rock-headed dog runs right through the electric, the invisible fence if she sees something she wants to chase. <laughs> That's standard report. <laughs> hmm. Uh, well, that's interesting. Do you have Starlink there, Greg? Can you, I'm surprised you don't have a backup Starlink there. Generally, Starlink, it's not as fast as my backup. So like in San okay. Andrews, I've got that, you know. I've got the microwave thing, the, uh, the uh, 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 for optic and Starlink. And shit has to get pretty bad before you like. I don't. I think it's. I don't know if it's this good. Uh, Justin Sun uh, Glassman, nicest man ever. I met Greg at the 2019 games. Had a brief conversation, and he immediately invited me to the athlete dinner that night. What a guy, dude. There's a reason why there's a story like this every time we have you on. By the way, mm-hmm. I thought he. I thought it was. Uh, uh, I thought he was Frazier. 
Oh. Oh, sorry, Justin. <laughs> sorry, Justin. He's not a nice guy. He mistook you for Mark Fraser. <laughs> it just confused you for Fraser. Sorry. <laughs> Lazy. Um, the the author of uh, this book, Cause Unknown. Uh, Greg gave me this book, uh, Edward Dowd. Fantastic book. Um. There's all these everything that he says in here then has a QR code next to it, so you can go to the source of where he got it. So this book's just full of QR codes, so that no one can say it's conspiracy theory. And um, it's 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 tracking all of these mysterious deaths that are occurring all over planet Earth right now. Um, it is interesting what happened to LeBron James's son. Uh, cardiac arrest. And as I was digging around, there were two things that I found that were interesting about it. You know who else's son had cardiac arrest many years earlier? Actually, I don't know if he had cardiac arrest, but he had some sort of a heart condition. It was Shaquille mm. O'Neal's son? Mm. And then, and then people keep bringing up Len Bias. That I don't know if you guys even remember that. I was a kid when that happened, but it was a college basketball store star who um, died of cocaine overdose. Mm. Uh, but I do. I, I don't blame anyone for thinking that um, LeBron's son, LeBron's son's cardiac arrest was due to the uh, injection. What's crazy is that. Do, does anyone here think it's unfair to ask if he was injected? Like here on YouTube? Yes. No. <laughs> like, like if someone has, if if someone who's twenty has a heart attack, there's nothing immoral or unconscionable about asking, "Hey, was he injected?" No, I don't. Just think like so. you might ask, "Was he on cocaine or was he on steroids?" Yeah, same way you see a car accident and ask, "How did that happen? Did it yeah, happen?" Was the like guy this? drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Did he run yeah. the red light? Yeah. These are just, and yet for some reason, people take such offense if you ask, "Were you injected?" Mm-hmm. Uh, Eaton Beaver, good morning, Coach. Sevon, Caleb, Souza, Sevon Eastas. Hey, Sam, rebooted my net here. It didn't help. Or should I? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh. Yeah, please. Yeah, try. Give it a try. All right. And while um, it's rebooting, walk around your house and take people's phones from them. <laughs> yeah, I, I just kind of made. You want to go out on the boat today? Turn your phone off right now. 60, 60 minutes. Here we go. Uh, you want to pull up that Twitter uh, link? I don't know if I sent it to you, Caleb. Sorry. I'm not sure if I sent you an email this morning. You did. You're good. Okay. Um, World Cup star 18 grabs her chest and collapses at training in Sydney. No shit, right? Sydney, Australia. Mm. You know what they do over there. Before mm. being rushed to the hospital in an ambulance after losing consciousness. Breakout World Cup star Linda Casido may not uh, feature again in the tournament after the Colombian collapsed at training and distressing scene. The young gun 18 was rushed to the hospital and was unconscious for at least 90 seconds. Footage shows a star jogging with teammates before she suddenly stops, clutches her chest, and falls to the ground. Yes, DS, I'm reading from Twitter again. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I think it's called X now, not Twitter. Uh, is it? Really? Is that what happened? They rebranded. No shit. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Like that little Malcolm X vibe. By the way, um, uh, um, 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 uh, in in Dave Castro's weekly review, he talks about how he read Alex Haley's uh, Malcolm X. Oh. 
and he was really moved by it. And that book actually changed my life. I read that book and I only wear Malcolm X shirts for like a year. No shit. Like I'd wear a dirty shirt if I didn't have Malcolm X. Like I'd wear a Malcolm X dirty shirt. But I was like always washing my shirts because I only had like four or five of them. Is that when you were living with your dad too? Yeah. That book rocked me. That was my uh, right after my senior year in high school. I was trying to find it, but somebody I think put like a one in 15 to like a clot issue or something like that. What do you mean one in 15? Those are the chances of it being a clot? Mm-hmm. Like after you receive the uh, 49ers. I, and one in 15 might be completely off, but somebody put a number to it. What's the guy that does it on YouTube that started out being a complete like trumpeteer of the agenda and as he was looking and pouring through all oh, the, the English sheet. doctor who flipped the script? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, fu- he fucked himself. Or unfucked himself. Yeah, he unfucked himself in real time. Yeah. That was cool. uh, Him. Oh, Campbell. Something Campbell. Him, Rogan, Bill Maurer. So many people, good people. Uh, Richard, uh, not Richard Branson. Who's who's the comedian? We saw him flip the script. Yeah. Um, um, Fuck, Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Hey, dude, Uh, I totally misjudged Emily Rolfe. Oh, yeah, she's awesome. I was kind of like tiptoeing around that shit. And then she's yeah. like, I got proof I got the injection. Yeah. I was like, oh, I got the shit. scar. Yeah, yeah. It was, she's yeah. a she's a she's like Caleb, she's a nurse. She's a shill for the industry. No offense, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, one in thirty-five. Of course, Tank's got it. Yeah. Uh John uh John Campbell, one in thirty-five has a uh mito mito harm. You see the use I'm the, the words I'm using here on purpose? Mito harm, yeah. Oh that's yeah. Good. Yeah, follow the plot. Dude, this sucks, dude. <laughs> this video is horrible to see, too. She's running, kind of grabbing her her right underneath her left breast. Is that where your heart is, Caleb? Yeah. <laughs> and she's, like, grabbing. She's kind of got her hand clenched there. Oh, my God. It's kind of cool how her friends run over to her. Yeah, of course. They're probably all terrified they're probably all thinking, shit, am I next? If I had a heart attack, I think the first thing I'd want is like my clothes off, my shirt and my pants off. I would feel like it would, I would be being choked. Oh, that's interesting. It's supposed to feel like just a crazy pressure in your chest. Have, do you ever, do you ever uh, work mm-hmm. out so hard and like you have to, you, when you're done, you immediately want to turn off the, the music or you, you're overstimulated by everything? Yep. I do that when I run, especially. Like the first thing I do is just like, turn it down when i'm done yeah it's just like oh like your favorite song all of a sudden you hate yeah can't be that loud just like what is going on i love i kind of like that's kind of a good correlate for like you had a good workout <laughs> follow the qr code across the screen can't find a good spot for it uh if you go to uh ca peptides you go to the website uh use the code Sevon. you something happens i forget Free shipping. You, um, there's a whole variety of different peptides you can take there. Do your research. Check it out. Find one that works for you. Give it a try. My buddy, uh, a, a guy I know who's a former professional fighter, um, had, was having some back issues. He sits next to me every day when I take my kids to jiu-jitsu, and he, he was having some back issues. He injected it in his back himself. He got it from CA Peptides. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know how he does that. Hiller does that shit too, injects it in his back himself. He just uh, at thirty five years old just set a uh, three rep PR that's 
more than his one rep PR in the deadlift. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. He says his back's all better. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Nuts. I want to tell you what it is too. It's something crazy. And he's not a big dude. He looks big. He's one of those dudes that looks really big. Did I meet him? Uh, he has a daughter. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Probably. A couple times. Good dude. Yeah. Yeah. I feel sorry for people. He's like a, a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. I feel so sorry for people who meet up in, in tournaments. He's so fucking aggressive. <laughs> He's a blue belt? I, mean, I thought he was like higher up than that. I've been doing it in a while. He's so aggressive. It's so bad. I mean, I mean, I mean it's only uh, – there's uh, there's tons of black belts who don't want to fuck with him in, in Santa Cruz. And he probably – I don't think there's any blue belts who can give him a run for the money in Santa Cruz. Probably just yeah. only rolls with brown belts. Very mild manner too. Just like used to work at HQ, chill. Pretty chill. Till you, till you push him too far. Till you fuck with him. Yeah. This is the guy I told you he killed two ducks and then invited me over and I took my boys over there and he let my boys clean the ducks with him. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> but the boys <laughs> freaked out? Circuit dad, no. And then he cut the liver out of the duck and me and him ate out of each of the ducks and me and him uh, shared two livers. They were tiny. They were gnarly. You just ate it straight. Yeah, they were so strong. Did the you taste chew it? So strong. Hey, uh, I don't know. Yeah, probably. You know, I've never tasted pee, but soon as I put this thing in my mouth, I I felt like I was drinking pee. That was, it was like pee? A like an ammonia scent to it. Okay, Greg is rebooted. Greg, do you ever eat liver? Um, what were you just saying about the ammonia scent? I um I, I ate a, a raw liver out of a duck, a little tiny one, a little like a liver that was like this big, and it was so strong. And even though I've never what that's how big the duck's liver is. Tiny, yeah, dude, tiny, like the size of a quarter, maybe like four quarters stacked on top of each other. And the dude cut it out of the duck and handed it to me, and um, and I've never tasted urine, but it's what I imagine urine would taste like. Or, or like I've never drank ammonia, but like I, I, I imagine it was just so. I don't know what the word is. It was like a thousand times gnarlier than biting into a banana peel. I mean, it was just in, it was so intense. Not bad, but just very like uncomfortable, weird, bad. Yeah, it was bad. I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> changing my answer. Yeah, it sounds like a satanic cult, dude. Is that what I was thinking? Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> this is Santa Cruz. This is a Dominican hospital. This is just in some dude's driveway in Santa Cruz during, a, a, during a Thanksgiving time. He was just teaching my kids how to clean ducks. And then he he's like, hey, you want to eat the liver? I'm like, fuck yeah, throw me a liver. And then I was like, ooh. Oh, yeah, your internet's way better. Mm-hmm. Did you slap someone around? What do you think? Give me your, your diet. Oh, you did slap someone around. What's going on? You turn the TVs off for 60 minutes, go outside I, I and play? I hired my media department and hired a new one. All right. <laughs> well, damn. It's working perfectly. Yeah, you, you know me. Yeah, I do know you. Hey. Uh, I, ate, I ate a cat's liver. <laughs> Just now? Yeah, in the garage. <laughs> Just a cat's liver and you're in the at the same time. <laughs> Uh, so, so this, what do you, th did you see what happened to, um, um, LeBron, uh, James's son? He had cardiac arrest. I did. And I, that's, uh, you know, look at, look at the, look at the dad in me. I mean, my first 
concern to be a father for a son. It's just right. kind of terrifying. And I'm, and I'm no fan of LeBron. Um, he, he had he had epic opportunity to stay out of things when he didn't, and, and, he, and he did harm. But that's uh, it, super sad. Uh, but And the kid's career, I mean, what does it do for that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's also interesting, right? No matter how much success LeBron James has, he probably – he would trade all of that for his son's health. And oh, really? Okay, I didn't know that about. Him. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Wow, oh. he's a better guy then. I might have. And uh, well, I'm making some presuppositions for sure. <laughs> and um, uh, inside information. I mean, I I get it. You have resources. Do, do you know originally he didn't want to take the injection with the son? No, LeBron. And then he put out a public statement. The the, the, uh, the slab jab. Yeah, that slab jab. Yeah, and and then he put out a public statement that he's done the research and him and his family have decided to take it. This is in 2021. <laughs> the research. The research. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I I I stopped reading here. Yeah. Yeah, anything that's got LeBron James and research in it, I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> uh, and people on some people on the net are saying, hey, um, Shaquille O'Neal's son had heart problems before the jab, like in 2004 or whatever, and then Len Bias died. Do you remember? Do you remember the um, uh, the the kid who died from cocaine? That was like in the 80s or something. Like college basketball player. Do you remember that dude? Yeah, was that cocaine? Look yeah. at him. I don't know. Len Bi- is that his name, Len Bias? Yeah, I don't think it was cocaine, was it? Uh, speed? <laughs> <laughs> Be careful here. Look it up. That's not okay, my... Okay. okay. A Maryland chief uh, medical examiner attributed Bias's death directly to cocaine. He said it interrupted the normal electrical control of his heartbeat, resulting in the sudden onset of seizures and cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you remember it as? I don't know. I thought it was a. I there's another one that was a you know congenital malformation kind of thing. Did, the, of those, dude, did the dude die? Uh, I don't know. I don't. Anyway, when you see it, are you just like, "Yep, that's that's another clot incident." After seeing something like a book like this. The the enormous effort hidden effort, effort that was denied to silence uh, any criticisms is, is profound evidence for me. It increases the plausibility enormously that what's being said is true. Why? Why? When a guy shouts something out and I didn't quite catch it, but the cops jump on him and beat him to half to death, and I have to now decide with whether, whether he said was true or false, I'm going to guess it was true. I'm, I'm not following. The, the effort to silence an opinion adds plausibility to the, to the likelihood of the thing being true. Again, we don't see, there's not a big censorship effort at, at falsehoods, like your flat earth friend. Right, right. Imagine if people started believing that it would be horrible that spaceships would run into the fucking ground and stuff. I mean, all our satellites would crash. Right. You got to stop that opinion. You can't let it catch on. No, everyone just laughs at it. 
Right. No, it's, it's it's true. If we're gonna ever, if anything were ever gonna be censored about the Earth, it'd be that it's round. That would that could someday be censored. They've even got a name for it. Look, what do we have? There's there's misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation, right? <laughs> oh shit! Really? They're falling well, in yeah, buckets now. Yeah, it's great. And what's and the malinformation? It doesn't mean it's not true. It's just that it's it hurts. <laughs> do you remember those documents that came out from uh, Gavin Newsom's uh, department that were saying that basically they couldn't tell us the truth about um, COVID nineteen because the public wasn't smart enough to interpret them? recall something like that i think that seems what all of public health is about mm -hmm. uh tim brown a 99.9 percent .9 of cardiac arrests are from climate change <laughs> <laughs> Tim's got boiling. It. he's got to figure it out get that peer-reviewed yep hey i don't think it matters how many people die i don't think the majority ever um come to the conclusion that we are that we have Yeah, there's going to be there's going to be a mass awakening that's going to involve five percent of the population. Right, right, okay. Joe <laughs> Westerlin speaks uh, brilliantly on this. He thought that he thought that the, that there's a war against CrossFit at a three percent saturation. Say that again. He thought that all the all the forces that could be brought to bear on CrossFit happened before it got to three percent of the population. Oh, oh. Uh, Kyle, great question. Beautiful beard. Mm. Uh, Greg, what homeschool curriculum uh, do your kids follow? I, I love the question. Thank you, Kyle. Um, you know, we started, and really what I wanted to do was just maximize their qualitative and, and quantitative uh, reasoning capacity to go all skills-based. And in the end, that for me would have looked like being able to uh, read anything and write forcefully about it, employing uh, appropriate grammar, logic, rhetorical skills with some degree of flourish. And then uh, 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 on the quantitative side, you know, diagram sentences, all that old school stuff. And then on the quantitative stuff, um, basically get through uh, differential equations and linear algebra, lower division, uh, college mathematics, before they leave the house. And this is fairly consistent with the uh, trivium and quadrivium of uh, classical education. So a lot of what I'm describing here is thousands of years old, uh, but it ties in directly with my science effort too. Uh, Plato said that, a, did I break up? Oh, there we go. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Good. you're good, you're good. No, you're good. Plato, Plato had said that a core of mathematical knowledge was essential to understanding the universe. And I think that's very true, um, and I don't think there's anyone that studied mathematics that would, wouldn't do anything other than say, yeah, of course. But what's fascinating to me is that the advantages of a mathematical education, um, it, it, it's, it's true today, 2,000 years ago when, when Plato said it, um, but what's happened is that the mathematics itself and our knowledge of the universe has changed dramatically in the past 300 years and we're in a it's, it's a it's a flashpoint and we didn't have analysis or probability theory when when plato said that 
and what we know about the universe today um, and what and what can be shown about even our own understanding of, of, of the world through the study of probability theory is absolutely phenomenal. And so um, what I'm doing is kind of adding some, uh, I'm, I'm supercharging the classical liberal arts education and then feeding it to, to elementary school kids. And I, I, already, I already tell it's working, it's fun. So there's elements of yeah. Go ahead. I can go on. Take them out. Do you ever take them out on field trips, like to like a protest or something? No, no, (laughs) no. They they would they wouldn't pass the climate change exam. (laughs) Listen, you guys. Greg's living the dream. The other day, he sends me this video of a bald eagle flying over his house carrying a fish, and he's sitting on his deck or on a boat with his kids. (laughs) Maggie, Maggie caught that. His wife caught that. Uh, and listen, I don't want, I'm not dogging Maggie about her timing and her filming skills, but imagine the environment you're in that you can catch with your iPhone, a bald eagle carrying a giant fish over your house. I mean, that means that shit's happening three times a day and his kids are out there. His, he has outdoor kids, by the way. As Jeremy Kinnick said, uh, if you want to be a successful parent, uh, keep your kid outside 80% of the time that they're awake. And that's great. Greg. I don't know if Greg's ever heard that, but I hang out with Greg and he got outdoor kids. He doesn't got indoor kids. Ask Maggie to send you the picture of the uh, mama moose with her twins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tell that story about how you're driving through your neighborhood and you saw that. Yeah. yeah. He calls me and tells me this. this is crazy. We were out on the razor. We got the, the big one and uh, checking out the neighborhood. And Riley yelled out, look, moose, babies, twins. <laughs> sure enough, it was a just on some dude's lawn on the driveway, like next to the mailbox, moose chilling with two, two, uh, two beautiful little twin moosets, whatever they are. There's a, a phenomenon that happens to you as a human being when you see an animal. I don't know if, the, if there's a word for it or not, but you see different animals out in the wild and something happens to you. You have some reaction. There is a huge difference between seeing a deer and a moose, by the way. Seeing a moose is like tantamount to like seeing a mountain lion. This is a real fucking animal. That if it if it it, it poses a, a, you become hyper alert. It's like seeing a, a rattlesnake. A moose is legit. Yeah. We in Wyoming we had a we had a lot of encounters with moose. Had a, two kids chased by one once out of the woods. I mean they were on the dock fishing. Uh, Rhett was fishing. Robbie was just standing there, and yet Rhett screamed moose and threw his rod in the air. And I saw nothing until two seconds later this thing thundered out of the woods. And uh, I yelled to Robbie to run. Rhett was already halfway up the deck. Um, but uh, it, the, the thing was, uh, the thing was ominous looking. It was, it was pretty cool. We got up all onto the deck, and he walked by, snorted, and uh, <laughs> then looked at us and went over to a stand. stand yeah, look at that—a stand of birch trees. And uh, just tore them up, just put his antlers in them and just wrecked a half a dozen three inch diameter trees and looked back at us like, that's the kind of shit I can do. <laughs> that's but, a bitch ass moose and it can chase a bear. And that's a bitch ass moose. Doesn't even got the antlers. Yeah. But the same moose that we saw every day eventually were non reactive to the dog and the kids. And they would chill and graze and eat willow trees. And we'd sit out there in the Yeti chairs around the chimney and talk to them. I mean, it was local moose. 
And uh, so I got to thinking, you know, like how different are these than cows? Because a bull would kill you dead, right? Yeah. I mean, they're not they're not that safe. And it didn't take much uh, YouTubing to find out the Russians just tame the fuck out of mooses. <laughs> they, they do. Got, oh yeah, they hook them to sleighs and all kinds of shit. They treat them like reindeer. <laughs> So I'm like, yeah. And but my favorite was there was a gal that had a giant bullwinkle moose as a pet, and she's got a big bunch of bananas, and he's following around trying to reach around. And she eventually sits down with the bananas and lays down with this big rack, and she's peeling bananas and feeding them. And I'm like, yeah, that that kind of dangerous animal. <laughs> hey, so you know, there's some animals you can do that with, and it's it's just never safe, right? I wonder if a moose is one of those ones where it is safe, like right. horse, like a chimpanzee. Yeah, chimpanzee, bear, tiger, someone always gets eaten or had their face torn off. Jimmy Waddell knew a guy that had a, uh, a uh, mountain lion pet that yeah. sat on the couch, watched TV with him and purred and ate snacks. What the fuck? And when the, when the dude died, the cat didn't eat and didn't live two weeks. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. How did the dude die? Did the cat kill the dude? No, the guy, no, it was old age. I mean, he was just an old, I think he was also in law enforcement. I think he was a DOJ guy that had a pet mountain lion. Um, John Clauser, Nobel Prize winner, Nobel laureate in physics, uh, starts talking about the corruption and climate change. He's the 2022 Nobel Physics Laureate. And abruptly after he mentions the the... The corruption and climate change science, which isn't science at all, the International Monetary Fund uh, canceled uh, his speaking engagement. And he immediately, the cancellation begins. There's articles everywhere trying to cancel him. And um, they're, they're starting to call him a climate denier. <laughs> I love that. And it's crazy because now there's a bunch of Nobel laureates coming out saying that it's bullshit but i wanted to show you this greg because after you sent me that article i went down this kind of rabbit hole and you're gonna really like this this is chat gpt on on uh god i should probably give this shit up to caleb okay caleb, can you pull that up and make it bigger this is chat gpt on global warming greg mm -hmm. and the conversation is absolutely <clears throat> hilarious so this guy says, what's the largest CO2 emitting source as of September 2021? The AI says, as of September 2021, the largest CO2 emitting source was the burning of fossil fuels for energy production, such as coal, oil, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. Then he said, then the guy, Brett, asks AI, volcanoes don't emit CO2? Yeah, yeah. And ChatGPT says, yes, they do emit CO2 along with other gases when they erupt. However, compared to human activities, volcanic emissions make up relatively small percentage of the CO2. Human activities, especially the burning of fossil fuels, are primary driver. So then Brett says to the ChatGPT again, volcanoes don't emit CO2? He repeats the same question again. He says, I apologize for the confusion in my previous response. You are correct. Volcanoes do emit CO2 among other gases when they erupt. But... But their contribution to total CO2 in the atmosphere is relatively small compared to human. Brett then responds, so what's the combined CO2 emitted by nature sources and how it compares to human activity? The AI responds, as of my best knowledge update in September 2021, the natural sources include volcanoes, wildfires, deforest 
uh, a decomposition of organic matter that contributes to CO2 emissions, which is about 770 billion metric tons. That's the number. Remember, 770 billion. That's the natural CO2 emissions from just the Earth taking a deuce on itself. <laughs> on the other hand, the, the AI repeats, human activities such as burning fossil fuels for energy, industry, process, deforestation, and land were responsible for emitting 35 billion. <laughs> That's like one twenty for one of the amount um, metric tons. So uh, uh, while natural sources do emit CO2, their combined emissions are much lower compared to human activity. We'll keep going. This is where it gets crazy. And it's, already, and it's already that's already upside down and backwards. Yeah. So mm -hmm. then the guy says to the AI, how is 770 billion metric tons less than 35 billion metric tons? <laughs> and the chat GPT, the AI says, I apologize for the confusion. You're absolutely right. My statement was incorrect. <laughs> yeah, this Look, fucking thing is a mess. This thing's just, no, this thing it, is it, it's 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 software. And here's the thing. It's it's the intelligence is a mapping of the guy who created it and, and the guy who created it has confused his fucked up ideology for thinking. And so the thing knows it knows that it, it's it's fed the ideology and the numbers don't change it. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's, it's got a contradiction. It knows as fact that that anthropogenic global warming is the problem. It knows that for a fact. And it's and it's, it's having trouble digesting uh, thirty five being less than seven hundred and seventy. But it's programmed to say that humans are the problem. That's right. But it also knows math. Yeah, it, 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 uh, almost. Right. <laughs> almost. This is this is ideology making you a fucking idiot. Mm hmm. Um. Uh, Cave Dastro. You, know, you know how to tell? I, I, anyone can see when st stuff was written by this chat gpt it reads like the new york times it's not yes. a you're you're just being you're being fed it's like a it's like a, a response crafted from a google search query mm -hmm. there's nothing creative there's nothing there's no synthesis there's no theses antithesis and synthesis there's nothing none of the hallmarks of a conversation or actual thought Read, pick up, pick up a copy of the Spectator, or National Review, and compare that to what you get out of the New York Times. There was this conversation you and I were having the other day, and we were talking about the process of being a liberal versus a conservative. And I was like, when I hear these things coming from people who are liberal, there's just they're not pointing at anything. There's nothing objective. It's just, it's like, it's all just to uh, conjure emotion. And you were, I can't remember exactly how you worded it, but you said something like, yeah, dude, being a liberal isn't an intellectual process. You don't get there by, by thinking clearly. That's do you right. remember, do you remember yeah. what you were saying about that? It's nothing. No one arrived at that intellectually. It's much more akin to the fucking guy that puts on a Hawaiian shirt and a gold chain and looks in the mirror and he's, man, I look really fucking good at this. And, and so the next thing you know, you're only going to see him in Hawaiian shirts with gold chains. And you, you think you're going to have a conversation with him? You look like a douchebag? <laughs> it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. I want to do Hawaiian shirts. 
That's very, <laughs> very judgmental of you. Haley, throw away. Oh, my God, James. What a stud. Chest hair and all. My God, good looking. You hear the channel theme song in your head, and you've got your mag PI, you're all that shit. It feels so fucking good. That's what it's like to get on this climate bullshit and be confused about sex and gender, and like it's it's a, it's a it's a uh, it's a it's a self-imposed insanity. Mm-hmm. That's what all you little liberals out there in, in the making. That ideology is a vow of poverty. Oh, mm. oh. That ideology is a vow of poverty. You'll never have a fucking thing, never be able to take care of the people around you. You're not going to be Zuckerberg. You'd be much more like the homeless people. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 about as, it's about as big a handicap as you could impose upon yourself. You'd fare better to be a heroin addict. That Nobel laureate, basically, he says there's no proof in in climate change. He goes on to explain why, and then he basically says, hey, but there is proof of this. If we go down this path, we will have mass uh, poverty. It's crippling to the economy. When the the Nobel laureate physicist isn't addressing the specifics of your theory, but is aghast at your methods, we're in a position where – and I used this to explain my father's problem with the IPPC uh, uh, IPCC modeling. Um, if if your doctor tells you that you have colon cancer and you say, well, where do you get that from? You haven't even looked up your ass. And my ass, and he takes you over to a telescope pointed out into the heavens. You don't need to be a doctor to say that you're not seeing my colon cancer through this fucking telescope, dude. <laughs> And that's what these physicists are telling them. You can't, the conclusions you've come to can't be derived from your methods. Matt Briggs is very clear on this too. Wow, wow. Even as simple as taking the Earth's temperature. Hottest day ever the other day, right? Utter utter bullshit. It was like the hottest three months in in the last 120 years was a recent claim I saw. The, the UN's claiming that we're in global boiling. Global yeah. boiling. That's what they call it, global boiling. Yeah. It's, it makes every intelligent person smile. It's a, it's a shit your pants smile. The end is near. The end is near. That's, that's, been, that's been the chant of lunatics forever. Look up doomsayers. It's a cute little Wikipedia article. That's a that's a thing. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a mental illness that that afflicts entire populations. We're all gonna die. Chicken little. Fuck. Run around in circles and screaming. Mm-hmm. I like that they don't want to hear from these Nobel laureates in physics that have a problem with not the theory but the methods that you say get you to that theory. But but this sixteen year old half witted high school dropout is an authority. Hmm. Oh Greta! Hey, have you seen the? Trust the experts. There's a video of her going around where she's sitting with some friends and she's doing her famous lines. Have you seen that? Like she's acting them out. It's pretty wild. Like a cameo for like people who pay. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh shit! Trust the science. 
Uh, at Mrs. Burns, my favorite four faces on a Saturday morning. Thank you, Mrs. Burns. That's sweet. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to Caleb. That's true. <laughs> uh, there was another funny comment in here from Cave Dastro. Uh, so the Earth, so the Earth emits that much CO two, but doesn't have a way to process it. Got it. <clears throat> but the government does. Just give them your money, and they'll figure it out. No right. problem. Oh, that's a right. good one. But the government does. Yeah, we the, the ecosystem didn't naturally do it way before we got here. But uh, Biden's administration is going to take care of that lickety split. The the chat GPT thing is um, there's there's just the Internet's just full of those examples of it just doing idiocy. Complete idiocy. Yeah. Matt Briggs said that A.I. is going to take over the, the world, take over the world right after a room full of abacuses does. Who said that? Matt Briggs. Oh, that's good. Yeah. They all got together and combined their intelligence and took over. <laughs> so, um, do you remember? Do you remember? I think it was Atlantic Monthly ran a piece about uh, a rather sophisticated model that showed what happened at the moment of the the ex mass extinction event when the when the uh, meteor struck at the center of uh, of uh, the Gulf of Mexico. And they had this computer had generated what it was like 500 miles away, a thousand miles, two thousand. Yes, all the timing and all. I do stuff. remember that. Yes, and all the effects. It was so impressive. It was really exciting. I even got excited about it. I showed it to my dad, and my dad laughed and he says, "He says this model has all the quality of Spielberg's uh, Jurassic Park, <laughs> about as scientific." This model did exactly what it was told to do. Oh, basically it's animation. And only that. Yeah, that's all it is. It's CGI. Yeah. And Matt Briggs belabors that a point daily, it seems. Try to tell me that your, your models just did what your models were told to do. Mm -hmm. And so what the model you want to sell is the one that did that doomsays. There's no money in the hook. I got a model that says nothing's going to be that fucking different. It's going to be the same fucking planet for your great-grandchildren it is for you. Try to get that published. But we're all going to die? The chicken little fucking science? That's huge. People love that shit. So the two biggest mo the two models that we want to know about the most is when and how we're going to die and then when and how we we you can get super rich. Hey, sit down, read this book say these words and you can manifest wealth. I mean, it's, it's kind of like those are the two ends, right? How to get rich and how to uh, prepare for your death. Kyle asked me about my curriculum and I started with the why of it. And what I wanted was not to make better citizens. I, it's, I almost make me sick to my stomach, the number of curriculum that go there. What is a better citizen, right? You know, if you're mm -hmm. Marxist, it's something that, that I find repugnant. But uh, what I'd like to do for my kids is preserve all life options for as long as possible. So regardless of what the world is like or what they choose, it's not a laughable thing. And it's, it remains within the realm of possibilities. And I think that belongs almost exclusively to people with significant qualitative and quantitative uh, capacity. The thinkers, the people that can mm -hmm. read. You reminded me of that just now. 
There was a there's a um there's a guy I just saw a, a homeschool guy. Well, do you remember the homeschool guy we had on my show? He Matt, does uh, he, um he, he, he sells a homeschool curriculum, although he didn't push it on the show. What was his last name, Caleb? I think you had it, but Boudreau. Boudreau. Oh no, not Boudreau. I think Greg might know Boudreau. That's the oh. Acton Academy. There was another right. guy. Um, he was sitting in his backyard when I interviewed him. Um, he has the uh, big the the kids books that are like bear books, big cub, little cub. I can't remember. God, Shit, done over a thousand shows. God, is that right? Yeah, I think we're at like uh. I mean, we got to be close to 100, uh, 1,100 now in two and a half years. Not Jeremy Kinnick. Thank you, Wad Zombie. Brett Good Pike. guess. Oh, Brett classic Pike. learner. Uh, wow, Eric Utley, classic learner. Brett Pike. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. Yes. Great job, guys. Uh, Brett Pike. Um, oh, yeah, look at you. Uh, look at you, Caleb. Let me see. This guy just said what Greg was saying. Let me see if I can find it. Um, let me see if I can. Is it? Oh, okay, here we go. You heard Children, that? The media is corrupt. Yeah. Here we, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I, I, we're going to kind of miss the beginning, but uh, we as parents uh, can teach our kids to understand the world from a systems perspective to identify the interconnectivity between government, finance, and industry. Check out Homeschools Connected. So this is kind of what Greg was saying. Here we go. It's another to show them the six corporations that control all of television it's one thing to say don't trust the medical system it's another to teach them to track the lobbying money to show them the revolving door of corruption it's one thing to tell them about false flags and wars and another to have them read the most important whistleblowers in american history teach your children about the levers and mechanisms of power and they'll figure out the rest on their own check out my it's it's kind of that last part there, right? Um, keep keep their mind open so that they can think for themselves is basically what he's saying. I mean, it's a little got a little bit of a conspiracy spin on it, but yeah, Sevi, I can use the Don Redwood tree, and I'll just pick some species to is an entree to uh, biology, geology, uh, evolution, uh, genetics. One species, and I can take Hunter Biden's laptop. And take you, walk you through government, and 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 corruption and media. It's a there's a, it's a it's a teachable moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderfully so. You remember me giving everyone that book two years ago at Christmas? Which book? The uh, uh, laptop from hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gave it to me. Crazy book. That was hard to that was hard to get because I bought a hundred of them. You made it a Christmas <laughs> present for all my liberal family and friends and everyone that could walk by you also bought me one of these trees at don redwood still at your house go to greg's house and you get one tree and a laptop from hell book right <laughs> it's a deciduous uh conifer and it's the fastest growing of the redwoods they'll do 120 feet in 30 years and uh it seems as though all extant trees are descendants of one in China, which is bizarre. But the tree used to cover the earth. Unlike similar varieties, standing water is no problem for the Don Redwood. They'll drop uh, tap roots from their trunk 10 feet up, and only tropical trees do that. 
It's a trippy tree. Sebi, show that epic picture of, of the one. And I actually bought mine, some of mine, from those people. This no, one here? No, put in Don Redwood and then uh, hit images. It's that one that actually in 30 years got 120 feet. Oh, this, this one? That one. That's yeah, the, that one's crazy. Yeah, I bought from those people because of that specimen. Yeah, that's something else. And the, um, the leaves on it are soft. They're not like brittly like a regular redwood, right? It, yeah, it feels like feathers. It's a it's fern like delicate. Why do why do people as they get older get into shit like this and like birds and like what's happening to me? Like I like birds now and I want to know like I see a bird in my windowsill and I want to know what kind of bird it is. What what is that? It, there's a I just saw a phenomenon they called it the main character syndrome. Uh huh. And it was an article of examples. I think it was BuzzFeed those assholes, but. Uh, <laughs> They had uh, examples of, you know, like, so a uh, woman tells her husband that her mom just died. And he's like, why would you tell me this before I have my big meeting? Yeah, yeah. What's the matter with you? It's like he's the main character in it, the world is a, is a movie where he's the main character. Right. And uh, I think that main character syndrome is hard to maintain as you age. It's, oh. it's, it's really hard to see yourself as the center of the universe. It's, it's 67. Right. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have profound and compelling evidence that the world does not revolve around me. Wow. <laughs> and it makes other things more interesting. Yeah, you start reading like history books and shit. Yeah, looking around and whoa, look yeah. at that, right? There's a, yeah. there's a moose with two babies. Yeah. And it's cool. It's kind of things that your parents gave you when you were young, but you kind of put on the back burner. Like my dad was always interested in stuff like that, plants and birds and stuff. And then, and then all of a sudden you reach an age and you're like, Oh, you and I have always been interested in growing things. Yeah. Change is cool. Growing stuff and watching it change is cool. Totally is watering the garden and looking at it is more fun than eating the fucking vegetables. Right. Uh, Dennis Olari uh, with his drum set. Is that a drum set? Yeah, it looks like a drum God, set. God, your wife hates you. But Is that in I an hope, empty apartment? I hope <laughs> you yeah, the neighbors. Yeah, your neighbors <laughs> hate you. <laughs> Always awesome to catch a live show, especially this one. Great job. I can't wait for the behind the scenes. Thank you. Uh, slop, slop, hello, behind the scenes. Let's go. I appreciate you. Thank you, guys. All that, all that shit matters, you guys. All that it's crazy support means so much thank you eddie do you have to have a a pseudonym to to uh engage no like if a guy be, comes in as tim shaw do you change it to no you could be a regular dude like dick butter just have a regular name you're right <laughs> <laughs> just use your real name i don't know i'm pretty interesting uh, yeah there's a lot of uh interesting names on this show that's for sure Oh, Greg does this. Greg and my dad do this. I am not a deep waterer, but we'll let's hear what Greg says about this. Uh, Sema globes. That reminds me, I got to do deep watering of my trees. Sevi, do you do deep watering once a week? Uh, Greg, actually, I was just looking. Greg bought me two deep waterers and a huge box of these uh, fertilizer pellets that you put in the deep. You probably don't even remember this, Greg. Uh, yeah, put in, in the deep fertilizer thing, and you screw it on, put the hose on, and I was actually using those the other day just because there's he bought me so much of them i'm like god i better start using these i mean they've been sitting in my like uh greenhouse for ever 
Um, but no, I don't traditionally do deep watering. Greg does that stuff. You do that, right? More yeah. regularly than I do. If I were there, if I would around enough, I would for sure. I even did the, the slow drip water bags, but that the, the wildlife attacked that. Greg has at uh, his Scotts Valley home, a pet tree. Like an actual pet tree, like you have a dog. What kind of tree is that? Which one? The one that you bathe. Like you'll be like, I'll be at Greg's oh, house for an hour. I'm like, where's Greg? And I go back into his bedroom and he's in his office off the deck with the hose washing his tree. <laughs> what tree is that? I mean, I've seen that a dozen times over the years. <clears throat> I've got a sycamore outside the master bedroom that's growing three to five feet a year. Yeah, it's crazy. And, wow. uh, and broadening by more than that. When we planted it, I told Mark, that I'd like it to be a fire escape from the second floor at some point. And I'm clearly going to be there. I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll rebuild the balcony around the thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, but, in the last three or four years, I've been out on the deck and day de and uh, with Greg and we'll be sitting out there looking at it. And I'll be like, dude, I think I can jump to it now. Greg's like, oh, <laughs> jump to? And we're like discussing how, if you had to run out of the house, which branch you would jump and grab on the second. Yeah. You wouldn't hesitate. You'd wreck the tree, but. Other than that, it's uh, it's massive. Yeah, it has huge leaves like that, and Greg's out there bathing. It's bigger. It's bigger than that, and it's uh, you know, ten years old. I'm like Greg. It's coming. It's it's destroy. It's coming in. It's going to destroy this deck. He's like, yeah, I'm going to rebuild the deck around it. Not, yeah. I'm going to cut that branch <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, Wad Zombie, thank you for being a regular guest. Uh, still feels surreal to hear from you so often. I know he's Thank become you. a feature of the show. It's dope. Yeah, I mean, what do you do? Do you take the you take the sawzall to the uh, to the uh, treks or to the sycamore? Here are some good questions. Uh, and Greg does eat apples. Um, what kind of apple does Greg enjoy? Oh, dude, I think it's the the Honeycrisp is like the end of the road on the apple, right? I like a golden delicious, but what's weird is they can get really? too soft for me. Yeah, do they too soft for you? Kind of weird, like the cells in the in a, can yeah, get sometimes a little pulpy. I don't like yeah. to do that. Yeah. Uh, what is Greg's favorite book? Uh, what's he reading currently? I'm going to give another plug to uh, Jane's uh, probability theory, the logic of science, and I, I'll, I'll probably for the next rest of my life, will ask me what's my favorite book and what am I reading, and that might be it. But it's a profound work, and it develops it. It it takes you through, walks you through um, uh, probability theory as extended logic. And in the words of James, that's no more than the optimal processing of incomplete information. And it's it's not just a profound work. I think it's I think it's one of the most important things written on science in the past couple hundred years. Go through the, I love that. Start with the one stars, or no, no stars. But uh, read the reviews on that book. It's stunning how few uh, reviews there are, right? 24. And considering the profundity that many of the authors, uh, the uh, commenters, and their backgrounds is stunning too. The, the, the reviews on that book are brilliant. And the work is brilliant. It's, it's uh, warming to see people that have such a fine comprehension of that. 
And by the way, that work and author and, and uh, this version of probability theory as extended logic, um, it, this is something that unites uh, Matt Briggs and I. In fact, it's, it's, uh, it's part of how I found him. Slater, uh, honey crisps all day. Yeah. Uh, Jake Chapman, does Greg eat the seeds? No, no, I don't no? know. You ever, do you ever eat the core no. at all? No. no. Why? I don't know. I eat the core. So I just sometimes eat the whole apple. <laughs> never, been, never been that hungry. <laughs> um, does Greg read Wendellberry? Yeah. Um, no, but but Tom Krubaugh has ta been talking Wendellberry for 30 years to me, I think. Uh, he's most known for his work, The Unsettling of America, Culture and Agriculture. Good name. Wendellberry? Yeah. No. Mike, oh, uh-oh. Here we go. Mike, Mike Rochburns. Here come the real questions. Is Greg still going to be at the CrossFit Games on Friday, August? <clears throat> August. I'm Brian Clark. So. August uh, 4th. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going. I'm not convinced, but we shall see. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be there. You are awesome. Right? right? Say it again. I'm going to be there at the 50 yard line, cheering, screaming hard for some of my friend girls. He is fucking not telling the truth. <laughs> I right believed now. it earlier than that last statement. Maybe not believe it anymore. <laughs> Let me ask you a couple questions. Let me, I'll tell you two hey, you places know, you're more likely I, to see Greg. I'll tell you two I places. All the games I didn't watch. Right. <laughs> and you know why? There were people that came there to talk to me. Right. And they were more important than the athletes. Each and mm -hmm. every one of them, more important than the athletes. And now that I don't own it, you think the athletes rise in importance or significance to me? No. What's the name of the breakfast? So there's a breakfast place there. It was owned by those two um, lesbian ladies. What was it? And you went to it every morning. What was that name of that place? I forget. We walk into this place. This is a true story. We walk into this place, and we go there every morning for breakfast 10 days in a row the first year. The second year we go there, we go there, and we go there the first day, and then they basically say something to Greg like, hey, we're closed after tomorrow for the next two weeks or something, three weeks. And Greg's like, hey, what, why? And they go, because we're having, we can't afford to replace our air conditioner. This is a restaurant. And we can't afford to replace our air conditioner, and our landlord won't replace it for us. So Greg calls the two owners over the table, and he goes, hey, I'm going to pay for your air conditioner. Call the dude right now. I'm going to pay to have your air conditioning fixed. And they and, and just think about that, the impact that had him. So he's either going to be at that restaurant having breakfast every morning. And those ladies, like, I think cried. There's, I would, I'm going to modify the story slightly. Okay. Well, I don't care if the story's true or not true. The spirit of it's 99% true, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe the spirit's not quite right. Oh, shit. All right. Scratch <laughs> that. Take two. Complete so reveal. My nature, but here's the deal. Uh-huh. Um, they told did you buy them an AC? Tell me that. I think I did better than that. I oh, hired okay, good. All right. I hired the attorney that got the landlord by the scrotum and lifted him up overhead. <laughs> and, and, the, and the landlord bought the air conditioner. Oh, okay. Okay. So <laughs> I made that. I'm, I'm still going with my spot. Okay. But your landlord telling you to fuck off while your business dies in sweltering heat over the air conditioner. That's bullshit. During mm -hmm. the most busiest week of the year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, but either way, he got the air conditioners fixed, and he and, and he he paid for their lawyer. It's a great story. Um, 
Uh, thank you for being a regular guest. Okay, so that way. Um, he's either going to be there or there is a hamburger place. Yeah. And I'm telling you, if you want to try to find Greg, go to either of those two places. Yeah, what was that? Sevi Dottie Dumplings Dowry or whatever, something. And you can bug him. Sorry, Greg, to do this to you. You can bug <laughs> Greg. Like, just walk up to him and say hi. He's he's not uh, he's cool he's cool as shit like he knows he's going out he knows what he's he's putting in the work this forty eight hours and then he's gonna retreat to his nowhere where bald eagles fly in Idaho get him go up to him take a picture with him make him work Susie tell uh, a great book both Greg and Sevy talked about is tripping over the truth awesome book excellent Travis Christofferson who came to the concept via Rob Wolf who I, I think I had some influence on when he was a wee lad. <laughs> uh, give me one second here. There's someone calling in. Let me see if I can fix the phone here. Well, we I was going to say, we can, can't hear that phone ring anymore. I got phone issues. Caller, hi. Hey. Hello? <laughs> Savvy. Hey, what's up, dude? Man, good morning. How y'all? Good, great. How are you? Where, you're in the South somewhere. Yeah, I'm uh, in Alabama. This is Thomas Gray's. We, I've, I've messaged you, DM'd you back and forth on Instagram a little bit. Okay. Um, but, but all of a sudden you said that about bugging Greg. So I, I've been so nervous about calling him. But then I was like, hey, if I can bug him, I'll call him. And so, he's an Alabama but, boy. Uh, he's your boy. He's Greg's an Alabama boy. So he's your boy. So, uh, Coach Glassman, thank you so much for everything that you've done. Uh, CrossFit, a year, I started a year and seven months ago, and it's truly changed my life. Um, I was a firefighter paramedic for almost 20 years. I always thought I was in great shape and good health. And a year and eight months ago, I got out in the front yard with my daughter, uh, ran around, got out of breath, and said, man, what's going on with me? I'm mid forties. And, uh, so I said, you know, it's time to change. So I started my local CrossFit gym and it's changed my life. Thank you for sharing that Thomas and congratulations. Yeah. 20 well, took, you, you, sir. took you 20 years to find CrossFit. You really, you were fired. You just no, no, in all honesty, in all honesty, uh, in 2013, uh, just happened to see the games on YouTube uh kind of just had developed man crush on uh rich froning read his books and like man i need to do this well then i didn't and then uh but i remembered everything and hey local crossfit gym when i realized hey i need to change my life that's that's what i did so uh so uh but coach glassman man you it's a uh, the bsi or a bunch of folks at our local affiliate, man, we're obsessed with that. We're hoping you come to the South and do one. So, uh, but, uh, but I just thought I'd hop on here and tell uh, Coach Glassman, um, thank you. And I'm actually working, trying to work with some of our local police departments and fire departments to uh, get them in that mindset that, hey, they, they need to change. Because as police and fire, we always think, you know, we're superheroes. But then you start realizing you're not. And uh, so I'm trying to get uh, my local fire department that I worked for. My One of my good friends is the fire chief. I'm trying to get him. We're going to do some free Friday classes 
uh, the owner of our affiliates agreed to that. We're going to try to get some firefighter in place in there and uh, help change it. Thomas, the Orange County Fire Authority in Orange County, California, implemented CrossFit and in their uh, training academy and then started pushing it around to the fire stations. And they ended up with a reduction in their uh, workman's comp cases, rather precipitous drop in, in those expenses, which is really interesting. And there's people who can direct you to that information to talking to the chief. But, but sir, my mom's family was all from a, is all in a Choctaw County. Do you know where that is in Alabama? Yes, sir. I sure did. I used to hunt down there a lot. Yeah. Well, my, let me tell you, I asked my family how long they'd been there and they were really puzzled. They didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. And it turns out that Adam <laughs> and Eve were in Choctaw County and that's how long my family's been there. So they're not, they're not from oh. anywhere. That's a, that was a, that's the cradle of civilization, Choctaw County. We, we love it down here. Uh, Sorry if I'm talking too fast. A lot of folks tell us we talk too fast from down here, but uh, but yeah, it's you know it's it's one of those things that I've I not got resistance from, but it's one of those things that you know once again they get you know firefighters in place. We got a little bit different mentality. Now I'm out of the fire service now. Me and my wife own our own little business, private mm-hmm. business, but. Uh, um, but my goal is now is to, uh, I'm actually trying to sell my business right now with the whole purpose of, uh, changing lives as CrossFit has changed my life because, um, I've actually been talking to, and I'll send Savvy a little story and maybe he can send it to you and I'll send him my email if you want to respond. But, um, some, uh, some of my former colleagues really dealing with, uh, PTSD with some of the things that we've been through. And they, um, they, they, some of them have started coming on because I've told them about how mentally, not only physically, but mentally, how much CrossFit has helped me. Greg and I have a friend who's a firefighter, 20 years firefighter, and uh, he, he's got serious PTSD. He, uh, and he, he works a very, very intense, gnarly highway in uh, Santa Cruz County. And he, he's, he, yeah, he's busted up. He says the guys. Well, he Go says ahead. guys that have had to pick uh, people out of the chain link fences bit by bit are never the same for it. And that you try to make sure that no one has to do that twice in one year, not the same team. Oh. Actually having to pick pieces of people and clothing that go through the fence. That's on 17. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, you want to stay Man. on your side. Hey, brother, I got well, a question and, for you from the audience. Uh, uh, you ready? Yeah. You ready? This one's going to sting a little bit. Uh, did, did you used to uh, drink a Mountain Dew first thing when you woke up in the morning? <laughs> did I? I it, mine was more of a green monster thing. But, uh, <laughs> got off all the sugar, though. I don't drink sugar anymore I love you. at all. I love you. So You're a good but, dude. You know the comments. They just hear your voice, and you say Alabama, and they just oh, – every, yeah. everyone's yeah, trying yeah, their stand-up I, routine on you. <laughs> that, hey i get it but hey as far as I, I can say one thing about us down here as opposed to lots of areas is uh we're not 49ers fans so. good thank god thank you <laughs> so well hey i'll get off here but uh coach uh Savvy, oh by the way Savvy, congratulations yes. on uh, the uh behind the scenes man i'm looking forward to it thank you brother hey call in anytime and, you have a beautiful voice you're a good you're a good dude you uh, you make my you uh, make me feel at peace 
And, and let me tell you, so, yes, sir. Easy intellectual quicksand, Savvy, is to assume that the Southern draw is stupidity. I agree. That'll get you fucked up, especially in the courtroom. Mm. During the Watergate hearing, Senator Sam Irvin would, would say, I'm just a dumb country lawyer, but, and then asked, and fuck people up. He was <laughs> the fucking <laughs> Alderman, Ehrlichman, those guys, they couldn't handle him. And if, if you, when, as soon as the guy says, I'm just a dumb country, southern country lawyer, you're going to have to help me understand this. You, you're getting fucked. You just got fucked. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, hey, guys, thanks so much. And uh, once again, guys, we appreciate everything y'all do. Uh, we we love the show. Uh, and y'all take care and uh, look forward to uh, talking to y'all again. Cool. Thank you, brother. Yeah, me too. Thanks. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for your service. Thanks, brother. Hi. In the box. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you. Later, brother. Bye-bye. Uh, Mike Rochburn's uh, Southern Lawyers will have you messed up six ways to Sunday. Yeah, dude, listen. Um, ethnic intonations don't suggest anything about intelligence. Do you remember that? Do you remember that this is what winning looks like in that Afghan soldier? Oh, yes. Yeah. Feeding it to the to the lieutenant, and he's like, you know, you're teaching me hygiene. Like, you, you know, you eat with the hand you wipe your ass with. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, what I need is ammunition, not your version of of clean. <laughs> hey, the that's the thing that people don't the the, the truth about everything every, there's all that judgment goes every which way it doesn't matter your color your skin everyone's tripping that someone's accusing them of stealing everyone thinks that they're being judged for their accent everyone thinks they're being judged by their height what, what their the car they drive it's like that shit is you the, the most inclusive thing that we do as human beings is judge the fuck out of each other yeah your your prejudices limit your vision yeah mm. It's a it's it's driving with the emergency brake on, mm. and the sin of racism happens in the particular instance of, of, of not being able to walk around your stereotype in the specifics of an individual. Say that last part again. Break that down for me again. The sin, the sin of your racism. Yeah, it, everyone, everyone has forms generalizations that are to some extent are not true. If you're a thinking person, you realize that just because someone fits within that cast for which you've made that assumption to realize this is, this is a different case. This is, this doesn't fit. Right. He's an exception. She's an exception. This is an exception. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Kelter uh, Kettler, people up here in Canada still think Americans are dumb as fuck, but most of us Canadians don't have half the size balls you guys have. You know, I listen, um, Canada's military has fought everywhere and always brilliantly and heroically. <clears throat> and we lost six or seven guys from the uh, uh, Princess Patricia Canadian uh, Light Infantry. Um, they they suffered disproportionate to their to their service to their to their involvement. 
Um, they got involved in conflicts ahead of us. I think World War I and II, the history is that the Canadians were there first and Americans were running up to Canada to do the right thing. Uh, now there's a, they're, they're a, a fierce and determined people. Uh, might be so, but they have probably the worst uh, leader in the history of my lifetime. Easily be. <laughs> and the socialism, socialism will have a neutering effect on testosterone everywhere and anywhere. <laughs> uh, I'm headed off to tennis. Greg Glassman, 90 minutes. Boom, blew by. Thank you for slapping mm -hmm. the people around in your house and solving the internet problem. You demand. Yeah. yeah. Sorry good. about that. And love you guys. Caleb, Matt. Everyone, thanks. Bye, okay. Sam. See you in a Thank couple you. days. Thanks, Greg. Whoo! That was fast. Yeah, I'm so glad he got his internet sorted out. Uh, type 1 lifting, you got to come back with this next week, brother. A uh, little uh, young Craig Howard here. Type 1 lifting, Greg, I just want to thank you for CrossFit. I started doing it nine years ago, and I've never been fitter. I'm 43 years old. I will never go back to another way of fitness. Damn, you look good, dude. All right. I uh, love you guys. Uh, I'll see both of you and talk to both of you uh, soon. Uh, tonight, biggest show of the year. This is going to be probably one of our biggest live shows ever. Um, it's going to start at 3.15 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm really trying to get the director of operations for the CrossFit Games on to talk about all the activities that you can do if you are a um, a, 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 a patron or a um, – oh, I don't know what you call it, but if you're attending the CrossFit Games – a spectator thank you she'll we're gonna ask her all the questions of the fun things you can do you know from dunk tanks to 5k runs to the uh kissing booth yeah kissing booth to free stuff in the uh, rv village all that cool stuff and then after that we will have a battle and we are going to tell you for those of you who are unable to watch the crossfit games some of you may want to turn it off because we're going to tell you who the winners are uh with specifics uh one through 40 so we are going to, spoiler alert, if after uh, Heather Lawrence is on, um, you don't want to know who's going to win the games. You want to actually watch it play out. Don't watch the rest of the show. Bye-bye. Hey, I'm, go 